All right. Well, I want you to notice verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 11. It says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. What I want to preach about this morning is what I'm calling satanic transformations. Right here, we see... Paul warning them that Satan can transform himself to an angel of light. And that's why we don't receive revelations that are contrary to the Bible from angels. We are not to do that because Satan is capable of transforming an angel of light. So if you ever get visited by an angel and it tells you something that's contrary to the word of God and you come to this church and try to correct us with your angelic revelation you received, we're not going to listen. Now, I won't deny, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you that you saw something. But it was probably the devil. And so, and then he, and then Paul says, so the fact that Satan can do this, we shouldn't be surprised if his ministers pretend to be ministers of righteousness, even though they're not, whose end is actually going to be according to their works. And so uh, I want us to go back to, and just to get a little context, I want to point out a few things in this passage. Now, notice in verse one, it says, what did God you can bear with me a little of my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Notice Satan used subtlety to deceive Eve. He didn't he wasn't blatant about things. He was not obvious. He used subtlety, and Paul was concerned that this church might be being deceived by those specifically who are adding works to salvation. And here's something we need to understand. People who add works to salvation are not saved. Oh, well, you know, they, that's a terrible thing for you to say. It's very judgmental. They look like us, they act like us, and they say most of the same stuff. Okay? But don't marvel. Satan transforms into an angel of light. So, we, uh, you know, Paul, he's one about this church that's listening to these people. And so, these people who do, who, if, if you add works of salvation, you're not a preacher of righteousness. They're, these are not men of God. Whatever they want to call themselves, whatever preferred titles they have given themselves, does not change reality. You add works to salvation, you're not saved. A- end of story. One sacrifice. One payment for sins, the blood of Christ. You add to that, God's not going to accept your offering, Cain. He's going to reject it. He only is going to accept the sacrifice of Christ. But let's keep reading verse 4. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. And notice how they use the same name. You know, but Paul said it's not the same thing. He says it's another Jesus. Yeah, no, this preacher, he preaches Jesus too, just like you do. Same name. No. It's not the same. If it's telling a different story, then it's not the same Jesus. And only one Jesus can get you saved. Paul refused to acknowledge that this was just a, like a, a perversion of Jesus or another person that preaches Jesus just has some problems with it. No, he just said, it's another Jesus. It's not the same thing. And he says, um, for if you come preach another Jesus whom he, we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, 
or another gospel, which we have not accepted, ye might well bear with them. So what these people are preaching, it's another. They're saying it's Jesus. They're saying it's the gospel. They're saying it's of the Holy Spirit. They're using all the titles that we use. And you know, when, when we hear Jesus, we typically think good things. We let our guard down. We hear Holy Spirit. We think good things. We let our guard down. When we hear gospel, there's a lot of preachers out there today talking about how they're gospel-centered. And that sounds so good to us, but you listen to their gospel and it's like, these people don't even have the gospel. It's another gospel. It's, it's not the same thing. Verse 5, it says, For I suppose I was not a wit behind the very chiefest apostles. But though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been truly made manifest among you in all things, have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted because I preached to you the gospel of God freely? I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied, and in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. What Paul's doing right here is he's making sure these people understand that when it came to his apostleship, that he had proved himself to them. He had been around them enough. He had worked among them enough that they had no reason to doubt he was sent of God. They had no reason to doubt he was a man of God. They had no reason to doubt that his motives were right. He wasn't doing these things for filthy lucre. He wasn't getting anything from these people. He was having to rob other people just so he was able to survive so he could keep preaching the gospel to these people. And yet, they're all of a sudden, even though he's proved himself to them, these other people just come along out of nowhere. They're preaching another Jesus, another gospel, another spirit, and they're listening to them. And Paul's just saying, what's wrong with you? You, know, you, should, you, know, you should know the difference. You can, you can trust what you've seen in me. We've got too many people today that don't trust what they see with their own eyes. They trust what somebody else told them they saw with their own eyes. A lot of these people, they watch the news all the time. They tell you, this is what you saw. This is... There's a lot of people like that in their own church. They can go to church for years, be around that pastor for years. Somebody else that doesn't go to that church says, your pastor's bad and teaches false doctrine and he does this. Does. And then it's like, well, do you even know my pastor? Well, you know, I saw a YouTube clip. I think I know more than you do. Did you know you're, you're allowed to go off your experience over those things? I don't care if it's Katie Couric or whoever the big names are. Laura Ingram. Okay, you can go off your own experience. If you have witnessed the contrary, go off of what you've witnessed. That's very important. That's a very important thing to do. But these people, they're, they're going away from Paul, listening to these other people, which was crazy. So all these people, so in verse 12, it says, But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we are. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. So notice that what they're calling themselves, apostles of Christ. I mean, that sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? They're not calling themselves, you know, satanic apostles. You're not going to deceive anybody that way. Did you know I'm less worried about the church of Satan than I am some Baptist churches? 
I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I think there's I think there's Baptists out there that are probably sending more people to hell than the Church of Satan is. You know why? Because they are calling themselves fundamental Baptists. They're calling themselves King James only, but they're preaching another gospel. And so because they've got the right titles, they've got the right terms, people are listening to that where most people, it's just the freaks that are interested in the Church of Satan type stuff. So, you know, they're not, I'm not worried about them. They're, they're not the dangerous, uh, the, the dangerous ones that, that are out there. I, in fact, sometimes I wonder how much Satan even has to do with those groups. I mean, I'm sure he might have a little bit of involvement, but I think he's got more involvement in some Baptist churches. I think he's probably more involved in guys like MacArthur than he is Anton LaVey. Because I, I guarantee you guys like MacArthur are doing a lot more damage to the gospel. So these people, they're calling themselves something they are not. And aren't we living in a world today that's constant, where people are constantly claiming there's something that they're not? Isn't that how it is in our world today? These, you know, these people, they lie about who they are. They meet none of the requirements to be what they're claiming to be but yet they demand you use their preferred pronouns. And or, and or you give them whatever title they have bestowed upon themselves. And if you don't, you're the bad guy today, aren't you? Did you know in some places today, it's illegal to misgender someone? It's illegal. I, I really hope we don't get to that place in our country because I will break that law. Uh, I promise you, I, I will break that law if that becomes a law and you know, so we see all this stuff, you know, where does it come from? You know, we're supposed to, you know, do I really have to honor, you know, Beth Moore's title that she's given herself a pastor or uh, Joyce Meyer. Do, do I have to honor those titles? Absolutely not. I'm not honoring those titles. Yeah. But you know, they're saying that they're that they can say it all they want. It doesn't change the fact that they're not. Okay, I live in reality. I live in Realville. Realville. I, I, you know, I, I might, our mayor died. Uh, I don't know if anybody last year. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Rush Limbaugh always called himself the mayor of Realville, and uh, we were all citizens. I, so that joke went over everybody's head. But uh, no, Rush Limbaugh's not, not my mayor. But at the same time, this type of thing, where does it come from? This demanding of pronouns of titles that don't fit. It comes from Satan. Satan is the one that does this. No marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He's not an angel of light, but he can transform himself into one. He can look like one. He can act like one. So therefore, it is no great thing. If Satan does this kind of thing, it's not a great thing. It's not far-fetched if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So they're going to look like ministers of righteousness. They're going to sound like ministers of righteousness. They're going to do all the things that you would expect a minister of righteousness to do. But the one thing that they can't fix is their message. Their message is what's going to be wrong. Their message is not going to be of God. They're going to preach another Jesus. They're going to preach another gospel. They're going to have another spirit and, as, and so because of that, their end is going to be according to their works. So notice 
while they're calling themselves ministers of righteousness, while they get up and they're saying, I'm looking forward to going to heaven one of these days. Reality is they're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. Reality is they never were ministers of God. But folks, we're being so programmed. It's being beat into so much to just go along with people's fantasies that a lot of preachers today are literally scared to just get up and speak simple truths about these things. I mean, I've seen some preachers use preferred pronouns before. It's like, what is wrong with you? You know, why, why would you do that? that? That doesn't make any sense. So that's transforming themselves into something they're not. It's totally of Satan. They're going to get the fitting reward that represents who they actually are. When judgment day is coming, God's not going to care about their title that they gave themselves. God is not going to honor their preferred pronoun, their preferred title, or anything like that. What they're going to get is going to be exactly what is coming to them based on the reality of who they are and what they are. And so Paul, he ends up spending the rest of this chapter speaking of himself, just showing proof of who he is because these people were listening to people that were not of God who had done nothing to prove themselves. And something that Satan has always done that he's still using today is he uses his ministers to just declare things to be that simply are not. And he's always got a bunch of them. Not only does he have his ministers that will speak these things as reality, there's always a whole bunch of followers that play along to where they can often recruit masses and multitudes and people literally start wondering what reality is because so many people go along with this stuff. And so all, all some people need to go along with the desires of their flesh that where they know they're wrong is simply for someone to tell them that's okay. It's okay. You know, why is it that as, as a fundamental Baptist preacher who is not involved in the government, who has zero political power, who probably couldn't get elected dog catcher in this town, why are homosexuals so bothered with my opinion on these things? Why? What, what threat do I you know, make? You know, I, I'm, I'm no threat to these people. But you know what I do, though, is my voice, it reminds them of reality. That's what, that's what they don't like. And so what they need, okay, when, when you're doing something that you know is wrong and that you know is wicked, you know what you need? You need somebody to just tell you it's okay. That's why young people often, they, whenever they take a drink for the first time, whenever they smoke that first cigarette, take those drugs the first time, usually they're with a friend. Why? They know it's wrong, but they need someone telling them that it's okay. They need somebody cheering them on. Why is it today when people are making bad decisions that's going to ruin their life? You know, why, why is it that when people are having marriage problems, they go broadcast it to Facebook? Dumbest thing you could ever do when you're having marriage problems, go tell Facebook you're having marriage problems. Okay? Keep that between you and your husband. But they do that because they're about to do something really dumb. And they want all their friends to come on there saying, oh, you're so brave, you're so bold, you're such a victim, you're doing the right thing, you know, leave that guy. That, they, they want somebody to go along with their fantasy. And then somebody dares come along and say, oh, you know, probably shouldn't be doing this on Facebook like this, block. You know, we're going to cancel you. Why? We're, we're interfering with their delusion. And so... 
these people. So the thing is, if you are, even if you are wicked, okay, even if you are wicked, nobody really wants people just looking down on them, being disgusted with them. And so if you can just convince yourself that you're right, if you can just convince yourself that you're okay, it can help take away a lot of that guilt. But again, if people are out there speaking the truth, you're in trouble. So if we can silence these people, if we can get enough people speaking the opposite, then that person who has that wicked heart, they can, and have, has those wicked desires, they could go on their way, do their thing, and not feel bad about it. Because again, in, in reality, you know, there's a lot of people out there who hate what I believe, hate how we live. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. You know, I, I've never done anything to try to figure out how to get, you know, the LGBT crowd to like us more and approve of what we believe. You know, I mean, I, I'd love it if everybody changed their mind, but I don't need them. I don't need them to approve of me. It, you know, when they see my family and they see boys that look like boys and girls that look like girls and a bunch of them. And they get that offended, disgusted look. I'm not bothered by that. I'm like, yeah, this is this is called family, right here. This is what this is what a family: mother, father, children, male, female, children. That's that's reality. I'm not I'm not. But but boy, they go nuts if we see what they have is illegitimate. I I don't know how many of you saw the picture. It was one of the dumbest things ever. Remember remember Buttigieg ran for president. The Democratic Party. Well, apparently, him and his husband or whatever had a baby. Okay, now, neither now neither of them had the claim to have had the baby. I know they're claiming men can have babies today. Neither of them even claimed to give birth to that baby. Okay, obviously, some woman had it and they adopted it. But the picture that they were spreading around the news was both of them sitting together in a hospital bed. Now, folks, why, let me explain why they did that. Because they're trying to make that look normal. Same-sex couple. They're trying to make that look normal. And what is it that husbands and wives often do when they have a baby? They take, a, they take that first picture in a hospital bed. You know why? Because the woman has been through a lot. Okay? The woman's been through a ton. Okay, now guys, we've been sitting on the easy chair trying to watch the game, you know, whatever, uh, you know, trying, you know, trying to block out the cries of pain, all that kind of stuff, trying to be supportive where we need to. And so, you know, if, if we're going to get that picture with the mother and the baby, we're going to have to get in the hospital bed because she's not going anywhere. And so it's very normal to do, to do that, to take that for that first picture, be in a hospital bed. So they, we've got to make it look like it's normal for two dudes having a kid. So let's do like, let's do like the men and women do. Let's put them in a hospital bed. But there's a reason the man and woman are in the hospital bed. The woman just get, those guys didn't do nothing. They didn't do nothing. But yet that's the pick, the news media that's supposed to be credible. That's supposed to be just putting the news out. They put this picture out there that doesn't make any sense at all. And people saw through it. They're like, why are these guys, they should have been both in the easy chair or something. Because that's what they did. That's what both of them did if they were even there when the woman had the baby. But you know what? A lot of people would be offended that I'm, I'm even pointing this out. 
And I'm saying that's stupid. But it's just, folks, this is, this is reality. And if, if, you, if you don't stop watching the news, and if you don't get your face in the Bible, you're going to start going along with this stuff, and you're going to start feeling, hopefully nobody feels uncomfortable I'm even talking about this. This is just hard reality that we're talking about here in a world where everyone is saying the opposite. And, and, and they do these things because they need those who speak out against this stuff to be silent because it makes it hard for them to go along with these things because they know it's wicked. They know, they know that it's evil. And yes, it is. It probably has bothered homos in the past watching couples get congratulated and everybody making a big deal when they have a baby and nobody does that for them. Well, you know what? Nobody should do it for them because it doesn't happen with them. But, you know, those are the things that always go viral. You know, we all do, the, you know, everybody does those, just those stereotypical gender reveals all the time with a man and a woman there. You know, so what happens? A couple lesbians want to do it and then they'll do the same. And then that somehow goes viral. Why? I, I don't look for those things, but yet those, they'll go pop. Why? They, they push those things out there on purpose. They'll come up on recommendations. Why? They're trying to make us think these things are normal so people will stop just by nature naturally looking at that and saying, this doesn't make sense. That doesn't happen in reality. So that's why these things are being pushed on us, folks. They're being pushed on us trying to transform things into something that they are not. And so it's important that we stay grounded in truth and reality and that we never allow Satan's ministers to recruit us into playing along with his fantasies. And so let's look at how Satan has worked in the Bible and just see if there's any similarities to what we're seeing today when it comes to this transforming himself. So note and just changing reality, change, trying to change what truth is. Turn over to Second Chronicles 18 and verse 12. One thing that we are seeing today is wicked leadership they try to tell the prophets what to say. It says in Second Chronicles 18, verse 12, And the messenger that went to call Micaiah spake to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good to the king with one assent. Let thy word, therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs, and speak thou good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. Now, we're not going to go read the whole story, but in this story, you have the king of Israel and king of Judah that are together, which they shouldn't have been, but they were. King Jehoshaphat, while he had some problems, he loved truth. He sees all the prophets of Israel get up and they're all saying, go fight this battle. You've got it. And, all, and they all agree. Everybody agrees. We've got a consensus, ladies and gentlemen. All the prophets agree that we're going to win this war. But Jehoshaphat, he wasn't stupid. He saw through it. He knew these weren't ministers of righteousness. He's like, hey, do you not have one prophet of God? Hey, can we get a legitimate prophet? Oh, are you saying ours aren't? You know? Yeah. And then the king was, well, you know, we got that one guy. But I hate him. That's what he said. He never prophesies good concerning me. Only evil. And so then, to, to appease Jehoshaphat, they have Micaiah come, and then they tell him what to say. And then, you know, thankfully, he's a man of God, and he says, um, I'm going to say what God tells me to say. And then he said what God told him to say, and then, he smites, then they smite him on the mouth. Because they didn't like what he said. Folks, they do that in Congress. We're going to call up our experts. But then they tell them what to say. Or they check up on them first. And anybody, you know, when it comes to like the vaccines and stuff. What, I, I watched years ago, they, ha they had a big thing in Congress. 
and they were all, all the people that they're wanting to call up were ones that had these blogs and were advocates for these things. They knew what they were going to say. And then there was some politician that, you know, they couldn't get rid of that had to be there who brought up different studies and things. And then they kept saying he was discredited. He lost his license. Why? Why? Because he didn't say what they told him to say. He went off his own research. He went off reality. He went, he went off what he saw. But it wasn't what they wanted to say. So he's not allowed to speak. You're not allowed to bring him up. And isn't that, and that is, that's part of the whole cancel culture thing. Where if people have certain beliefs, certain positions, you're not allowed to say anything. And then what do they do? They put people out there where they already know exactly what they're going to say. And they try to do that then. Uh, but thankfully, you know, the truth got out. And then according to what Micaiah, the actual man of God said, that's what actually happened. And so wicked leadership, they always have an army of false prophets that will tell them, you know, that, that they can tell what to say. Try and to try to use them to discredit those who preach the truth. And have you ever seen it too? Any celebrity that ever accidentally speaks the truth about something, all of a sudden they don't, they're not making movies anymore. All of a sudden they're they're not so popular anymore. All of a sudden we start finding out that they're a drunk and a pervert and all these things. Isn't that interesting? Oh, it's, they're all like that. It's just they only tattle on the ones who accidentally tell the truth about something. And so today, you know, we're seeing it. We're big tech. They're censoring. They're deplatform. Anyone who doesn't go along with, you know, whatever they have declared the truth to be. You know, we've, we've told you what this is supposed to be about. And if you say something along that, you know, we're taking you down. Telling everybody what to say. That is how the devil works. We see, too, Satan also tries to redefine words as a way to confuse. In Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, and that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. So we all know this verse. That e- but there's a curse on those who call good evil. But no, you know, why don't they just call themselves evil? No, we'll just change what the definition of good is. You know, good is now killing babies. Good is now supporting perversion. You know, good, you know, it's now, you know, freedom, it's patriotic to be tyrannical. You know, do, you know, do your patriotic duty and submit to what the government says to do. That, that kind of goes against our history. That kind of goes against what, uh, you know, historical patriotism has been all about. We see them doing that in the religious world today, where they're, redefi- they're redefining things all the time, where they're redefining grace. You know, they're redefining the gospel, making it another gospel, you know, they're, they're using words that aren't in the Bible and redefining them, you know, like legalism, where they take a word that's supposed to be adding works to salvation, which is an animal heresy, and then they use the exact same word to explain something completely different. Isn't that just causing confusion? What if I just decided to start calling some sin that I didn't like murder? You know, I don't like, you know, I, I, don't, like, I, I, I don't like vandalism. People that just destroy property just to do it, I think it's horrible. You know what? I don't like the term vandalism. I don't think it's harsh enough. I'm going to call it murder. And then I accuse somebody of being a murderer. Now, I, I just mean he, was, he vandalized the building. Okay, that, that's what I mean. But I'm going to say he's a murderer. And I'm not lying because I don't mean he killed a person. I just mean he vandalized something. But 
aren't I going to be confusing everybody that I talk to? Aren't I going to be making everybody think the wrong thing when I say that? And you know what? That's the whole point. You know, murder sounds worse than vandal. So, and my goal is just to make people perceive them in a really bad light. And I don't want to deal with the guilt of lying. So I'll just redefine vandalism. Okay. Now that's an extreme example right there. But that's basically what we're seeing go on today in the theological world. Where people are trying to redefine things. And all it does is it causes confusion. The Bible says, and, this, and, and listen, the way God speaks is not confusing. Okay? You want to find any doctrine where there's a lot of confusion, you know what you're going to find? People either not using God's terminology or misusing God's terminology. We were talking about that last night when it comes to a lot of Bible prophecy stuff. People who are confused on these things, they use really bad terminology. They're confused. God doesn't use bad terminology. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 8, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air for God. And then verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace and in all the churches of the saints. So God speaks in a way so we'll know what He's talking about. And have you ever heard a preacher before where he gets up and he preaches and you don't even know where he stands on the subject? Now, I just want to preach on abortion today. And, you know, there's a lot of beliefs out there about it and a lot of different opinions. And I'm not here to preach politics today, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, a lot of different things. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions. And, you know, uh, we should all be respectful to each other. And, you know, and I, I love life. I, I think life's so important. Uh, you know, I, I love babies. I know some women have a hard time and, you know, there's a lot of health concerns and, you know, and so as we talk about abortion and things like that, you know, I, I, I really do love life and, uh, where does that guy stand? Are you against or are you not against it? You know, you just don't know. And be clear, let people know where you're at and just be straightforward. Now, you know why people aren't clear is because they're trying to deceive you. If you know the truth about their opinion, you're probably going to think negative about them. And so they do. They just try to blend everything together. Like the guy we heard that one time that preached every version of repentance that you can preach in one sermon. He preached it right. He preached it wrong. He preached it dead wrong. Kind of right. I mean, he was, just, he was all over the place. And then he ended it right because when he finally got a response out of the crowd, he's like, all right, this is what they want here. You think, you think I'm going to invite that guy to come preach here? I don't know what he believes. And I don't think it's the right thing. I just, I, I, I don't. So, you know, God, God doesn't speak that way. He said, so, you know, we're seeing these constant changes on doctrine, positions. And a lot of the, this is being done to remove clear distinctions and boundaries. And we need clear distinctions. We need clear boundaries. There's a principle we see throughout the Bible. In Proverbs 22, 28, it says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Okay, now, obviously, you know, I believe this is, you know, literal. We see there not to move landmarks because God gave them certain land and inheritances and they would have landmarks and it would be wicked to go move one of those things to try to get more of that land. But there's a principle there, too, that we don't want to go, you know, we use the term today, shifting the goalpost on things. 
What are we doing? We're, or just trying to change the rules. And we go, have you ever heard that person too? When they preach, you know, they get up and then they'll just preach real hard on something and they'll preach it right. But then somebody will point out the fact that they've actually broken that rule and not follow. And then all of a sudden they kind of add some rules to it to where the boundaries, they're not clear. They're kind of all over the place, but they always are. They're, they're basically in the shape of that person. You know, whatever I do is right. And, you know, no matter what I've said in the past, if I do something that seems to veer from that, your perception is just wrong. And I had an exception right here. Uh, no, you know, we need clear distinctions. We need clear boundaries and we don't move these things. Why? Because we want to make sure we're not causing confusion. But the devil's not like that. So, and, and so they've changed the definition. We don't even have a boundary anymore on male and female. We don't have a boundary anymore. That's, that's crazy. That, that's insanity. But that's the way Satan likes to do things. Satan likes to steal titles and names of things that are good as a way to infiltrate. Revelation 2.9 says, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Now, folks, even in the Baptist world today, try to do that sometime. Go on Twitter sometime and talk about those who say they are Jews and are not but do lie and refer to them as the synagogue of Satan and watch the Baptists all pronounce curses on you. Listen, just because they say they are Jews, it does not magically make them Jews and make the Old Testament promises all magically transfer to them. Now, they're actually the synagogue of Satan. Okay, but I'm terrible. A lot of people don't even want to fellowship with me because of that. Well, you know what? Give them 10 years, they won't want to fellowship with me because I still think Bruce Jenner's a man. So, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't think they're Jews. I might call them that sometimes. And you know what? We shouldn't do that, probably. Just like we shouldn't call Bruce Jenner sheep. Okay? It, it's, it's the same thing. You know, but, you know, we, got, this is not, we, got, we all got to watch our terminology. We got, we got to be clear on these things. But in, in Revelation 3, 9, it says it again. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and know that I have loved thee. So, you know, even today, when someone calls themselves IFB, we tend to let our guard down. But you know what? I can promise you Satan has ministers in the IFB. He, I, I, I guarantee it. And one of the ways that we know they're Satan's ministers one of the things that can be a huge red flag is when they claim a title that does not even resemble what they are. And, and Judges 17, verse 5, says, And the man Micah had a house of gods and made an ephod and a teraphim and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. Now, that's an interesting story right there. But folks, you, you couldn't do that under the Old Testament law. It was the Levitical priesthood. This guy was not a Levite, but he wanted a priest. I don't want to have to go to Jerusalem. I, I, I've got, you know, I, I've got a teraphim. I've got all these things. You know what? I'm just going to have my own priest. No Levites. All right, Junior, you do it. You're the priest. And then later, he finds a Levite and hires him to do it. But even though that guy was a Levite, that wasn't how the things were supposed to work. That wasn't how the priesthood worked. So this guy's calling it all these things. And then later, 
I think it was the I think it was the Danites. I can't remember. They came along and found out this guy had a Levite priest. And then you know what they did to that guy? They offered him more money. Hey, we're more people. We'll give you money. And then he dumped Micah and went with people with more money. And you know what? That's what false prophets do. Because they're greedy and filthy lucre. They're going to go who's ever paying them the most. Well, what's your position on this, Pastor? Oh, well, what would help you give more? I'll determine my position. Well, I can preach it however you want. Uh, that, that, that's literally, you know, they don't say that, but that's exactly what they do. They're always selling out to the highest bidder. You know why? Because they're not a minister of God. This guy was not really a Levite. or he, he was a Levite, but he was not a priest of God. He was in rebellion. And what they had was illegitimate. And so they met, when they, when, when they meet none of their requirements, yet still demand to be honored with the title that someone gave them. And you'll, you can always find somebody to give you the title, folks. You can get an online ordination from somewhere. You can go to some weird liberal university, get an ordination. That's a huge red flag. We do have 1 Timothy 3 in the Bible. I'm not going to take time to go through 1 Timothy 3. We have the requirements for the office of a bishop and of a deacon. And those requirements are pretty clear. Okay? Now, and, and here's the thing, too. Did you know that you can meet all those requirements? But if there, if, if there has been no church to lay hands on you, to ordain you, you're still not one of those things. Oh, well, man, you know what? I'm, I was just reading those qualifications. I meet every one of those. Okay, you could be right, but did you know somebody else has to think you meet those requirements? We all typically think pretty good of ourselves. But here's the thing. Does anyone else on the planet think that? You know, if you really are all those things, and there's enough needs for pastors out there, that if you really do meet those requirements, I think someone will, will agree. And I think a church will, uh, you know, get together and a pastor will lay hands on you and they'll send you out. But no, what you do, you have people, they can't even find a church that even wants them. Eh, you know what, well, I meet all these things. I'm going to start a church. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And we're going to call it, you know, whatever Baptist church. Well, hey, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it the Temple of Jerusalem. And, you know, it's, it's not that. You can, you, can call, you, can call, you can call yourself pastor. You can bestow whatever title on you you want. You know what you're doing? You're revealing what you really are. You're, you're just a minister of Satan transforming yourself into something and then demanding those who are just looking and saying, really, nobody sent you out? Nobody laid hands on you? You don't meet the qualifications, and yet you still want respect as a pastor? No, not going to do that. Well, you know, you're you're just so full of yourself, and you know the requirements of a bishop. You know, they they don't really mean anything. I mean, who's perfect? No preacher's perfect. I don't see perfection as a requirement on there. That, that's that's not on there. But that's what people act like too. And I don't have time to go into some of the dumb things I've heard on that. But so, you know, so just like we don't play along with preferred pronouns, we shouldn't play along with preferred titles. And so uh, I, I don't, you know, and I've, I, in fact, just the other day, you know, I met two uh, women pastors. I didn't call them pastor. I, I'm not going to. I've met priests before. I don't call them father. The Bible tells me not to. But that, that's what they want us to call them. 
You know, and, and the thing is, a lot of people would feel like I'm being disrespectful to him if I don't refer to him as father. Well, maybe I'm being disrespectful to him, but I'd be disobeying God if I called him father. So we're not we're not going to do it. Uh, you know, and uh, you, you don't have to. We don't have to play along. So these people, they always have a multitude playing along with the fantasy, and they, they'll declare themselves whatever they want, but we don't have to play along. We don't have to fall for the staged photo ops like booty edges. We don't have to. We don't have to do that. Satan's ministers, they will often use the word of God deceitfully, but ultimately, what you'll learn about them is their word is their law. Okay? They'll, they'll reference Bible. Jim Jones, when he had everybody drinking the Kool-Aid, he kept quoting Bible. If you, if you go listen to that tape, and it's pretty disturbing, he quoted a lot of Bible during that time while he's getting people to commit suicide. I mean, just, you know, you know, there's no doubt that guy was of Satan. But, you know, Proverbs 12, 3 says, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things, we preached on this a few weeks ago, who have said, With our tongue will we prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? This is like what we see in Romans chapter 1, verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They declared themselves wise. They declared themselves the smart one. And you know what we can do? We can declare ourselves. Let me tell you folks, as independent fundamental Baptists, we are the cream of the crop. We are the best there is. I mean, we are going to heaven first class style. We're not the only ones going to heaven. We're the only ones going to heaven first class. You know, we're, we're all, I, I can say all these, I can just declare all these wonderful things. It doesn't make them reality. Folks, I believe Liberty Baptist Church represents the best of the IFB. I think if more churches follow our example, we would see a revival that would just shake this nation like never before. I, I can say that stuff all day long. And when I'm around my buddies and I'm around you all, hey man, you know, we can yell it real loud. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't reflect reality, it's not reality. I, I, I could say it all day long. Got a lot of people out there, a lot of chest thumpers out there, pounding their chest, talking about how hardcore they are. Man, you look at all our soul winning. We do this, we do that. You can say it all you want. But some of us, residents of Realville, we look and we say, yeah, you know, that sounds good, but I'm seeing something different. And you know what? One of these days, those people are going to stand before God and they're going to be judged according to their works. And according to reality, not what they declared about themselves. But Lord, uh, you know, why am I getting all this trouble? I was the greatest pastor in the United States of America. I declared it. My church agreed. I got it on a plaque. And you know what? I don't care if Time Magazine puts it on there. If God doesn't see it that way, that's not reality. He might just say, depart from me. I never knew you. And you know, there's going to be a lot of preachers that have gotten a lot of great accolades from the world, they're going to stand before Christ and he's going to look at them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. Whoa. Are you kidding? Do you realize I got all these, I got the presidential medal of honor or whatever. God doesn't care about that stuff. God, God cares about reality. And, and Romans 1, 23 says, who changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Listen, there's only one person that can speak things into existence and reality, and it's God. You can't speak things into existence and into reality. There's a lot of pastors out there 
who they've got big followings. They've got loyal followers that will agree with anything they say. And when they speak things, it literally shapes reality for some people. But it doesn't shape reality. Reality is reality. It doesn't change God's mind on anything. And you know what? You, when you see that person with great boldness speak something that you know is false, did you know that it's okay for you to just look at that and say, well, he said it, it sounded good, people agreed with it, but he's wrong. And I'm not going along with that. I, I'm, not, I'm not playing this game. I don't have to play these games. And the insanity that we're seeing in our world today, and even in churches, it's nothing that we should marvel at because it is what Satan has always done throughout time. Now, throughout time, it manifests itself in many different ways, but it's always been the same thing, and it's the Word of God that helps us see through these things during any time. So, uh, at, at, at the end of the day, the main thing you need to get from this message is, you know what, if you keep your heart right, if you keep your Bible in the Word of God, you'll be able to see reality, and you know what, you need to learn to ignore these things that are out there that are saying different, and just ignore it and call it for what it is and just understand that's what satan does these are satanic transformations they are not reality so if that let's pray dear lord i pray that this message was a help to everyone lord we we do live in such a messed up world today uh where it seems like they've the calling evil good and good evil has been taken to another level like never before but i pray you'll help us to stay grounded in in reality in your word uh, we will continue to proclaim things as they are that will speak them the way that you speak them will be clear on what we believe and or what we teach, and I pray you'll help us to uh, not be deceived by uh, the the deceitful workers that are out there. In your name, we pray. Amen.